and welcome to Deus Life, an aspirational podcast. I am Patrick, and here with me, as always, is Hayden. And today we have a very special guest. Jasmine, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you guys. This is very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Great to have you here. It's going to be a very giggly episode because we're already having a ton of fun here. Um, I'm very excited to have Jasmine on the show. We met maybe three or four years ago at a West Side dispensary that shall not be named. Um, no, we're not going to name it. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it sounded cooler if we do that. Do you yeah, want to name it? It's mysterious. Let's keep it, it still mysterious. exists. Let's keep it mysterious. Okay. Yeah. Mysterious. It still exists. No you may have seen the billboard. <laughs> no, no free shout outs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, if they pay us, we'll mention it. I'll, I'll re oh, it. We'll do it for oh, a pre-roll. Yeah. Yeah. We, no, we, you're yeah. totally right. We can yes. send them the clip afterward and get, yeah. a, get a pre-roll we for gotta this. we got to play our cards right. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're in the podcast business now, Jasmine. We're legit. <laughs> we're, we're a hot commodity at this point. <laughs> but uh, So we've kind of stayed in touch. The fun part is I don't really know you that well, but I know of you and, and I had your contact info. So welcome to the show. That's kind of how you ended up here. And thank you so much for coming on. Wow, that was a long time ago. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the first time I met you. I feel like you were, it was, it was honey sticks. Yeah, that's not a business <laughs> I like to mention. <laughs> that's sort of in the depths of my um, entrepreneurial history here. Um, it morphed into other products, but uh, yeah, yeah. You know what? I guess one good thing came out of that product, which is our meeting that now ended up years later at this Oh, that podcast is very union. true. That is very true. Everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. I am a firm believer in you that. You do believe that? Yeah, absolutely. I believe that less and less every day. <laughs> <laughs> and why? It, it, so let's 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 jump into it then, because we have a little form that we have people fill out before they come on the show, and some people put like uh, one of the things is like you know what are some topics you want to talk about, and some people will put like fourth or, or something uh, one word answer, um, something <laughs> short and superficial. Jasmine filled out the most like sincere, endearing form. It was really long answers. You get an A on this assignment. Like Aww. I was sitting, I was gonna tear up. You, you. There was one point you wrote, "Love is an effortless experience." <laughs> wow, this is like beautiful poetry that you're writing for us, Jasmine. So, um, I guess uh, is there a topic that you want to start with, or should I just well, tell um, us about yourself first and oh, share, yeah, share a little bit about yeah who you are and your background, or oh just my tell, tell yeah sh- share a little bit about yourself with, 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 our, with our listeners, yeah. All right. Um, it's a pretty long story. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in Los Angeles. Where in Los Angeles? So I was born in Monterey Park. Cool. Born, born in Monterey Park, and my mom named me Jasmine X. <laughs> True story. Um, so everybody thinks it's like my stage name. That's what I assumed, yeah. Or like my porn star name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or, or like mainly a stage name where it's something that I made up. Um, but here, let me show you my ID, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's going to be on there, isn't it? It's, it's on here. What's it's on my passport. It is. The first name is Jasmine X. J-A-S-M-I-N-E letter X. So <laughs> that is very cool. Or like people would say like, oh, wow. Like, did you get this from like Malcolm X? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so the story behind that is, so my dad wanted to name me Jasmine and my mom said, fuck no, <laughs> I know who that bitch Jasmine is. Ooh, that is your ex, that oh, is your ex-girlfriend. That's hilarious. <laughs> wow. And so all my life I kind of like grew up 
wondering why there's like this mysterious X in my name. Like, mm-hmm. okay, mom, like, what's the story? Like, yeah. So I, I was like six or seven years old, and I was like, hey, mom, why am I not like the other Jasmine? Mm-hmm. Better than the other Jasmine. <laughs> why, hey, mom, why am I one letter better? <laughs> Jasmine but, plus. Yeah, that's a plus sign sideways. <laughs> But like being that young, I was just like so confused and I was just like, okay, you know, mom, what's the deal? Why, why am I not like the other Jasmines? So she said like, sweetheart, you are unique. There's so many Jasmines in the world, but there's only one Jasmine X. There you go. And I kind of, I bought that. I totally bought that. And then 17 came around and so I was just like more rebellious and just like badass. And mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, mom, cut the crap. <laughs> <laughs> what is the significance behind my name? And she took a long pause. And she's like, do, do you really want to know the truth? And I stared at her, pondered for a moment. And I was just like, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I want to know the truth. And she's like, okay. So she told me that entire story about my dad wanting to name me Jasmine, blah, blah, blah. And my jaw dropped, literally dropped. And I was just like, mom, bitch, move. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, mom, bitch, move. And she's like, I know, I'm so sorry i love you you have to admit it's such a unique name it is a unique name um and you're a unique person jasmine so i feel like it it fits you um thank you and that brought us to today so can you tell us a little (laughs) about sort of what you do now i know you do a ton of different things um i guess yeah what, what are your primary interests and sort of how do you spend most of your time um lately so I would like to describe myself as a multidimensional artist. Mm-hmm. So right now I'm dipping more into the creative side of production in film and entertainment and music. And this is kind of like uncharted territory for me, mm-hmm. um, in a sense, just because it's very new. Um, so it's still kind of like this discovery phase. I'm still, I'm still learning the game. I'm still, you know, dipping my feet in the waters, but also knowing and treading carefully, knowing that this is something that I want to do. I want to be a creative. I want to be able to create and inspire. That's something that I always feel like I'm aligned with. So. I don't know. I'm involved in a lot of things, but this is like my path right now where I just want to just delve into creating. But I'm also a yoga teacher. <laughs> <laughs> and how long have you been doing that? Yoga or creating? Uh, yoga. Both. Yoga. And both. Um, I've been practicing yoga for about maybe four years now. Mm-hmm. And then I started taking the teacher training course, maybe. I want to say almost two years ago. What is that like? Is, is there any sort of, I've always wondered this because I like yoga like once a week. You know what I mean? <laughs> is, there, is there a point, and yeah, you're going to want to get right up on that mic. Um, <laughs> is, is there a point where 
I mean, is it always exciting? Or I just feel like yoga is one of those things, sort of like martial arts, that requires a lot of mental focus as well as physical, to where I imagine there's a ton of fatigue in doing yoga several hours a day. I mean, you know, it's it's something that you really have to be interested in. And I feel like it does require a lot of inner strength, more hmm. so than physical strength, you yeah. know? It's... But what it really teaches you is like discipline. Um, and what's beautiful about it is that I do recommend it for people who are trying to transcend or liberate themselves from emotional trauma. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, now, you don't have to tell me anything, but is that something that you personally have experienced with yoga benefiting you from? And that's why you're so passionate about that? I mean, there's a point in my life where where I kind of like hit rock bottom. Mm -hmm. um, there was a point in my life where I guess like I lost my job. I had like a cushy corporate um, job working as a marketing manager in the cannabis industry. Mm -hmm. So then I lost my job and I was just like, okay, whoa, what am I going to do with my life now? You know? And for some reason, um, my mind just took me to this place where I was just like, okay, I need to like delve into my spirituality. Mm -hmm. I need to like connect to my spirituality. I'm focused on the wrong thing. I'm focused on the material life. I'm focused on making money. I'm like focused on all of the wrong things that's just surface level and superficial, you know? So it's interesting that I had to like go through this this experience to really just delve back into the spiritual aspect of myself, to really delve into what's important. And during that time, I was actually going through a really rough time in my life. I was not only, um, you know, lost my job, but I was actually healing from a very traumatic emotional experience. And this is relatable to a lot of women um, in the world, actually. And I feel like a lot of women are really afraid to speak about sexual assault or to speak about, like, the Me Too movement. And that's something that, while I'm in awe that women are taking this empowerment stance of and being more open about it. So I went through a very traumatic experience where I have been sexually assaulted and I can relate to these women like if not all women who have been through an experience like this mm -hmm. um, and it's not really a good place to be in that kind of vulnerability yeah and ultimately like after the experience all I wanted to do is like roll up curl up into my bed and like like I sat there just like oh my god what do I do yeah you know it does it really I mean I, I have zero experience with this of course <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like it would really disrupt your relationship with your body I, I suppose it's it's it does in a way like it kind of puts you in this place where you feel really confused you feel like your power has taken has been taken from you um for me it's like like, I never been through something like this, 
and I, I kind of like just went through life just thinking I would never experience it, you yeah. know, like I'm too smart or intelligent or witty to put myself in that kind of experience, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like a part of myself kind of blames me for not being vigilant enough or like aware. Um, but you know, like you have to learn to forgive yourself in these states of vulnerability and like understand that it's not your fault. Um, which I feel like a lot of women do or men or people. Um, but I do want to like put a message out there for people who have gone through this experience and let them know that they're not alone. And, um, it's really interesting because I found myself like curled up in bed, just like, you know, trying not to cry and just like wondering like, okay, what do I do in this situation? Yeah. Do I call the police? Do I go see my gynecologist? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, what do I do? This is something I'm, I'm not sure what to do. So I ended up calling my mother and, you know, I kind of like cried a little bit and told her I didn't want anyone to know about this, to not tell anyone. And she kind of like told me this is a, well, I hope this is like a, you know, eye-opening experience for you. You shouldn't be partying. I'm just like, Mom, this yeah, isn't, you know, and I was just like, Mom, this isn't my fault. Um, so then I just kind of like broke down. I was just like, you know what, Mom? I'm trying to be strong. I'm trying to be strong in this situation. And she's like, sweetheart, you aren't trying to be strong. You are strong. So that was like, <laughs> it's like whoa. <laughs> Poetic statements running through your family. It seems. <laughs> yeah, but I could tell it's like really hard for her. So she's like, "I need you to go see your gynecologist. You need to go see a gynecologist, or like, you know, you need to do something about this." She's like, "I need you to file a police report. Put this person on record." And so I'm driving, trying to find like a gynecologist um and then out of the blue my brother called me and i'm just like looking at my phone like fuck my mom told my brother oh man it's my little brother and i'm just like fuck this is the one person i do not want her to tell so i could tell i could tell he was sniffling on the phone he's like hey jazz i have like a hotline for you to call and he directed me to UCLA Health, like their sexual assault hotline. He's like, I need you to like do this. Um, it will, you know, guide you through the program. Um, they're, they specialize in these kinds of things. And I'm sorry that this happened to you. I love you very much. And that was really sweet of him. Yeah. So I, I it's, it's really interesting because like I could never relate to what you know these women really went through or how they feel until that moment I was just like whoa okay I I completely understand now so this is when like yoga really came into play in my life Mm -hmm. where 
it really teaches you like, okay, it is time to surrender to the experience. It is time to let go. It is time for you to find your inner strength. And to just kind of be. Yeah. And be in a moment. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the most difficult things for me with yoga is to, <laughs> <laughs> to not be thinking about things or uh, to embrace the competitive aspect of a class. <laughs> I mean, like the best, I guess like the best thing that, I think about yoga is that it allows you to to I guess like let go and be present in the moment and like you start to realize like oh my god my body could do these things I can withstand mm -hmm. being in like a room that's cranked up to 110 degrees and I'm submitting to torture and what the fuck like am I a masochist <laughs> <laughs> am I a masochist but like the end goal is like whoa whoa I, I like did this and it's crazy it's crazy like how amazing you feel after this intense yeah. yoga class like you feel like you accomplished something it is also it seems like this was uh, the case for you and I, I think it's the case for a lot of people yoga is really interesting because it's sort of an introduction it's a very approachable activity that a lot of people can do and it's very popular right but it really is an introduction to eastern philosophy for, for people and I don't really yeah. I can't think of anything else that really is that <laughs> <laughs> there's fun stuff <laughs> happening in the studio um, <laughs> so yeah one of, one of the things I'm a big fan of when it comes to uh, yoga is especially when it's the uh the hot yoga, which is where, like you said, they crank it up to 110. Um, it's interesting. When you go in for your first class, I took my first class uh, a few years ago, and I didn't really know what I was getting into, and they basically gave me the advice and said, try and do all the poses that you can, and no matter what, like the main goal is to just stay on the mat. And so that means even if you're sitting in child's pose, which <laughs> with just aren't legs crossed, sitting Indian style, um, <laughs> just to stay on the mat. And I found that I think the class is about an hour long and those last 20 minutes are uh, those you're really battling yourself because some of those poses that constricts your ability to take a full breath of air too. So you're a little bit oxygen deprived <laughs> and it's a real test to make sure that you are, you're there. And, uh, and I've seen people get up and leave. Fortunately, I've not been one of them. I've only taken probably five or six in my life, but, uh, stay strong Hayden. Yeah. So I was, I was, uh, I was impressed. I was a dripping sweat. I, uh, yeah. I came out of it with way more, way more just ad admiration for people that do that every single day. And, yeah. uh, and also I felt exactly what you're saying, like a champion when you walk out of there yeah. and you, you survived and then you get to the point where on the second one, you do all the, you stay in all the poses and everything. I was <laughs> very impressed. This is nice. It, it seems like um, <laughs> the consistent thread, and we'll get to other things that you do, in, including the art aspect, um, but it seems like the consistent thread is kind of being a positive presence. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, what's interesting that I learned about yoga is that it's, it's like, it's not about the ego, you know? Like, yoga is actually, like, you're not trying to, you're not trying to, like, make sure your warrior pose is perfect. You know what I mean? It's not supposed to be about the competition. It's it's totally supposed to be egoless. And my yoga teacher actually told me that um, you can't 
master yoga. You cannot be the master of it because even when you are getting into your pose, you're still learning new things about your body, you know? And then you have to consider that everyone's anatomy is different. And there are some people who can put their arms, you know, directly, vertically, you know, just, you know, just straight up. And there are some people who can't do that. Anatomically, their body won't allow them to do that. Hmm. It's interesting. You're describing T-Rex arms? (laughs) (laughs) As a character trait? I mean, you know, there are people (laughs) in class who can't, you know, just... (laughs) <laughs> you have to be a lovely instructor and be nice to everybody. I can. <laughs> she, she is the very, very kind instructor. So, what we're describing is if you were to put both, both of your arms directly above your head, how straight you could make those two arms, almost like a touchdown sig- signal, exactly. I guess, is what we're describing. Exactly. I love ver- what's happening ver- in this Verbally room. <laughs> on a podcast. So, standing. Yep. So. Like, for example, there, there aren't people who can. Physically get into a split. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm one of them. I, I can tell you, one of the, if I were to list the top five focuses of my life right now, working towards side and front splits is up there. Yeah, I, Jasmine, I promise you, you'll come on the show again in like uh, maybe, maybe a year or less, and I'll be able to do full splits by then. I mean, That's my promise. Both both kinds of splits? <laughs> yes. Whoa. All right. Side. You heard it here first on the yes. Deus Life pod. <laughs> yes. yes. I shall remember this moment. <laughs> Please do. Hold me accountable. <laughs> but you know what? Don't feel bad if you cannot anatomically do that. <laughs> don't push yourself. Yoga isn't about pushing yourself to the limit. <laughs> this, this, is, this is what I love because I actually love learning about Eastern philosophy and I love that you're here as a big proponent of it because... <laughs> And I find that my sort of life philosophies, as much as I love Eastern philosophy, I find that my tactics that I use, as effective as they are, they really clash. Like, I'm all about progress through self-hatred, like <laughs> progress through pain and holding myself to a ridiculous standard, right? Uh, to where when I go into a yoga class, it's really fun because it's telling me to be the opposite of who I am. And I really enjoy that. Like, I really enjoy... Um, experiencing the opposite mindset and I I, you know as much as I would love to know the right way I don't know if there is a right way I I think there's different mindsets that serve you well in different times of your life and I think yours is a really beautiful one right now thank you I think yours is very beautiful too. thank you yeah (laughs) thanks girl (laughs) yeah I mean like like everyone grows and expands in different ways you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and sometimes you kind of have to you kind of have to recognize the pain. You have to recognize, like, you know, the hatred or whatever is un- uneasy in your in your spirit or soul to really, like, grow from it and heal it. And sometimes it's hard to really, like, self-reflect and come to an acceptance, yeah. you know? And yoga was sort of the gateway to a lot of the other <laughs> things spiritually. I mean, what do you mean by that? <laughs> well, uh, what I want to get into, and because... There you go. <laughs> what I want to get into, you mentioned tantric sex several times on your forum. Oh, yeah. Um, 
I love that we have a platform because most, if you listen to podcasts and you type the word sex in, most of what you get is like a couple people giggling about dicks and stuff. Um, (laughs) I'm very interested in this because I think in my own life, I'm trending more toward that way, that style, I think, as a more enjoyable style of like, I'll just, we'll start with this. I, 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 the more, tell us about it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The more, the more I get older, the more I understand that sex is sort of a different style of conversation with people. Like it's a different way to communicate with someone. Great way way to put it. Yeah. And and Mm. there's different styles of communication. Some people like to shout and argue. Um, Mm. and there's other styles, right? So give us a primer as to like, what is tantric sex? Um, and yeah, we'll just go from there. How do you, how has it impacted your life, I guess? So, tantric sex. The best way that I can describe tantric sex is, is more mindful version of sex. It's, I know discipline isn't like a sexy word to tie into sex. I, I feel like it's a very sexy word. Really? It's <laughs> a great word, yeah. I mean... Like, it requires a lot of discipline. Um, But the best way that I can describe tantric sex is the meeting of body to body, heart to heart, spirit to spirit, soul to soul. It's like you're meshing and blending with your partner, you know, until you're recognizing that you are not separate from them. You guys are interconnected. You are one. That's interesting. Are you familiar with transhumanism? Not transgender, but transhumanism. (laughs) No. So transhumanism (laughs) is this idea that sort of the general accepted principle is I am myself, right? Yeah. The transhumanist argument is basically why are we assuming that the self is a single entity? Like us three can be the self and we can be a singular identity, I suppose. Is that, and with tantric sex, you're kind of living in that world, I suppose. I mean, you would hope that's, that's like, I feel like the goal of tantric sex, you know, is realizing that we are all interconnected and woven into the same fabric of life, you know, Hmm. the same cloth, you know, and we're all pretty much like the strings in the cloth, you know? But ultimately, the larger picture, it's connected, it's one, you know? Um, oh, sorry. No, 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 <laughs> I don't wanna. Does it go hand in hand with, like, is there a complete disconnect, I guess, between if you engage in that style of sex, I feel like it would inform your life philosophy in other ways. Like, maybe these sort of committed monogamous relationships are not the standard by which you seek. Is, is that the case? I mean, I feel like to each their own. Yeah. I can't say that you know, monogamy is the right way for everyone or that, you know, everyone should try polyamory once in their life. You know, everyone is so different and the way that they connect is different. Um, And honestly, um, teaching tantric sex has been one of the most challenging things Hmm. in my life because it becomes a topic where people are more interested in tantric sex because of just 
the word sex alone just the taboo. Yes. Yeah. You know? So people think that tantric sex is kind of like a technique or... It's a um, move or something like that. A method or like... I I don't really know what people's perception. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's it's informed by media, and we don't we don't have a we don't have to be honest with you a whole lot of exposure to what that really means. So it means people having the opportunity to find a good teacher who can help sort of download the mindset of it. If you were talking to somebody and you could give somebody that knew nothing about it, like Mm -hmm. the the foundational information for how to approach it, how to think about it, how to expose themselves to it, what would you recommend or what would you say? I would recommend that. You know, you first have an interest in, of course, Eastern philosophy. You have an interest in spirituality. Um, That's something that would strengthen your bond with your partner. If you have an interest in actually connecting deeply and profoundly and having a soul bond or like a soul level intimate experience with your partner, um... I would suggest having an interest in delving into this experience more than just the surface level physical or sexual aspect of sex. Yeah. Because this is just really deep shit, you know? Okay, so there is a philosophy component paired with what I think I'm more interested these days, which is more just like playful, non-judgmental exploration, I suppose. Like physical exploration is how I would describe. I mean... So this is really interesting because like like not only is this challenging to teach, it's because the concept of it is very difficult to s- describe. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's go back. So mm-hmm. Tantra means to weave or means technique, um, the actor... And it's actually really difficult to trace the etymology of the word tantra. Interesting. It's I was going to ask where where it comes from, or is there is there a specific like where was it born? If there was a if there was a place, was, there is such a place. <laughs> it was born in India, actually. In the mines of Mordor. <laughs> in Mordor, yes. <laughs> it's a Eastern philosophy, or more so, um, it was um, a practice. So it became more popular, I want to say, around the 6th to 8th century um, AD in India, I believe. And then it actually bled into Buddhism, um, Taoism, and also other religions. But literally, one can devote their entire life to learning the meaning of Tantra and only scratch the surface of it. So it's really hard to trace back the history of Tantra. Um, Because it's so old that there's not a whole lot of written records, I imagine. There's no no author of Tantra. I mean, there's just so many sects of Tantra. It just, like, really branches out to so many things. Um, And there is such a, like, thing as left-handed tantra and right-handed tantra so left-handed is the left hand is what um they used to wipe their ass and the right hand was what they used to eat metaphorically left hand was dark magic and white hand was 
um, right hand was white magic. So there is such a thing where um, there was sacrifices involved in the dark side of Tantra. And that's pretty much related to what we're doing in regards to eating meat, you know, um, things like that. And then white-handed tantra would be more in the practices of like, you know, abstinence. Um, I guess vegetarianism, veganism, things of that nature, you know, and applying those practices in your life. So, ultimately, I guess like tantra first started as like stories and how they were like love stories where eventually you find oneness you know you come to this oneness um but yeah there's it's it's a lot to cover in one discussion you know what i'm very interested (laughs) in is you teach this right so tantra is the philosophy and i just do a lot of research honestly okay (laughs) youtube or their blog is there other thought leaders in the in the tantra space i mean a tantra podcast i have no idea how i came across learning about tantric sex um i think when i was probably around 23 years old i i became very interested in sex and sexuality because i just kind of like hit this wall where i just wasn't feeling sexual mm-hmm it was kind of like this weird plateau where I'm just like, okay, I'm not getting turned on. Um, sex isn't pleasurable for me anymore. And this is before I've been sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like strange for me because I felt like I was a very like sexual and sensual human being. So I was questioning like my own sexuality, like, okay, um, is there something wrong with me? Why am I not getting turned on? So I, I turned to porn. Mm-hmm. I started watching porn and I realized there isn't um, something that I was into. There wasn't like really pornography made for women to get off of. And honestly, like softcore porn wasn't really cutting it for me at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so then I started watching like cam girls and this is like a whole different new world for me. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a relatively new phenomenon. I think very highly of cam girls. Um, tell us you? more about that, Pat. I, I, how much of the, I had a cannabis brand. I, I don't know how much we'll talk about that, but yeah. I had some cam girls that really helped me promote that brand. Because the two worlds were commingled to some extent, and uh, mm. I just remember how like mature they were in terms of handling their businesses and oh. kind of being in control of their lives. Um, independent, yeah, independent. I mean, so they had so strong. Small, so they ran small business. They ran a small business. They had strong identities. Um, like they kind of knew who they were and then what they were going to tolerate and what they weren't going to tolerate. Right? Like they they. And a lot of them were young, like 24, 25, and yet they had these like really defined identities, and it was just interesting. Like, uh, well, they built their own personal brand, right? So yeah, so and it's they probably were really nice I, to me. Okay. <laughs> I feel like honestly, I used to judge these girls hardcore when I was younger, 
But then, like, in my peak of learning about my sexuality, I came to really respect these women. Mm -hmm. Like, not just girls. They're they're women who are actually empowering themselves. And I know this is a taboo topic to touch on. No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) But it's very courageous and bold to really exploit yourself in that way mm-hmm. to put yourself in that kind of like exploitation and really just like be fearless in that it is incredibly vulnerable and to yeah. film yourself in a vulnerable position like that um i mean if we're talking about like sexiness and being turned on i think i actually think cam girling would be way more valuable <laughs> than porn like <laughs> Porn is such like. Uh, oh, thank you. I know. I know. A lot. That's of a men, water bottle being filled up in the background. <laughs> if you guys can hear this. A lot of men say like, "Oh, I hate porn. I don't watch it." I actually mean that because it's. Uh, I've never connected to it, but I could see like I've been turned on by cam girls before because I can see them sincerely like enjoying it and kind of taking ownership of it. It, it. It's hot. Like that's hot. Do you hate porn? I do hate porn. That's yes. interesting. And I it's don't actually get much enjoyment. Yeah. Honestly, I... I it's just weird. It's so weird. It's like the same like script and and, and the dudes are always weird as hell. And I, yeah, I, I'm very judgmental right now. I apologize to the porn actors. They're probably lovely <laughs> people. Like. I mean, I don't know. I It's so weird because I feel conflicted. But I also like... I can't judge them i really yeah. i really can't because i feel like i'm i i really i just don't i don't know them we, yeah, yeah. You, you know don't. what it's hard it's hard without knowing them either because i don't know the inputs yeah. i don't know what i don't know what and, and it's, hard, it's, it's why they're there like and, and i can tell like you can sometimes tell some, when someone's enjoying themselves and i'm like oh good for her you know what i mean but like <laughs> most of the time if i see it i'm like it just seems like such a horrible job, like such a hard job and like uh, I know inconsistent why you don't like it. and yeah. I think it's it's the aspect that it comes off very superficial and it 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 looks like a total performance. Yeah, and it's like, yo, you don't have to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always feel like that. Like, you know, no, <laughs> come on, man. I can tell you don't like that. Just stop. <laughs> I mean, oh that I mean like, yeah, there is that aspect where it's a male-dominated industry where I feel like women are submitting themselves to be this vulnerable, and it does it does seem like they don't like this. Yeah, it's, it's on the most part, yeah. Not I can't say this for all performers, mm-hmm. but it does seem like some of these girls don't want to be treated the way that they are you know, that they feel deserving of more respect than that. Mm-hmm. And and then there are some girls who truly enjoy these experiences because that's, like, their fetish. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, so I guess, like, to each their own. But you're right. I feel like cam, cam girls and cam, there's just this free it's cool like they're <laughs> masturbating so i know they're not doing things that don't feel good right and I mean, they like, can turn the thing on and off when they want to like it, 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 it's hot because you're like supporting someone i mean there's, I get it. there's that and i feel like honestly i i can't be a stripper i i can't 
I can't put myself in that situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I honestly like, like, I don't know. I like marvel at these women who are totally in their body and confident with themselves, you know, in their sexuality without like overly over glorifying it, mm-hmm. you know? Cause yeah. I feel like there is, there is a balance where you do need to like, okay, like take a step back and it's like, okay, am I overdoing this, you know, and over glorifying sex? Yeah. And there, it's a, it's a tightrope to walk because I feel like American culture and maybe like Western culture in general is absolutely obsessed with sexiness. Like everything has to be hot and sexy, but terrified of the actual act, like still so puritanical when it comes to the actual <laughs> act where you can you can take any sort of picture you want, but a video of you having sex is taboo. But sort of the maximal sexy aspect is totally fine and encouraged, right? It's yeah. it's a really weird it's a call thing. out. There's a, there's a disconnect there. You're absolutely right. It's a total right. disconnect. It's like, um, you know, I, I guess like the difference between somebody being sexy and having sex is the Grand Canyon in like American culture, um, and that's a really mm. weird thing. And it makes these topics taboo to where. Uh, like I said, like you don't hear a lot of good conversations uh, about sex because I, I think in some ways, if you're pursuing sex as a hobby and a characteristic in the wrong way, it's not worth it. Like, <laughs> um, I When I was younger, I had this thought. I was like, when do most people become successful in their careers? It's usually later in life. Now, you could say that's because of experience and I guess um, accumulating wealth and being able to do things. But for me, it was like men generally become successful in their late 40s or 50s, right? Hmm, that seems to be when sex drive dips and now they have time to focus on all this stuff. Oh, so for me, before <laughs> I even pursued sexuality yeah. and it's something I'm really interested in, um, I had to question whether it was even worth it. And for a while, mm. if you asked me, hey, you can turn your sex drive off, I might have said yes. Like, because it would allow you the bandwidth to then focus more heavily on other things or what was, what yeah, was the, I mean, it is, it's, it's, it's a thing that you really have to balance sex drive and sexuality because in order to engage in it, like you have to be on the same page with people or else people get really hurt. And it's just, it's such a complex thing, especially because I'm pretty much single all the time. Like it's even more of a tightrope walk. Mm. Um, so, I mean, that's why these things are, are so fascinating. What, what I, I like the, that style that you're going toward you know i mean yeah it's a it's a sensitive topic for some people for or most people for yeah. most people yeah and then and then it becomes like it could be awkward and it's really interesting because i feel like we should be socially involved like evolved enough to yeah. talk about this openly you know without being prude about it or over glorifying it and just drooling yeah doing it in the wrong way yeah yeah um so this is why we came to talk about tantric (laughs) (laughs) back to tantra (laughs) yeah it's it's really fun for us because a lot of the guests that we have lined up and what we've had it's a lot of like entrepreneurial or I mean, we're, we're kind of interested on the show just generally how people create a life and how they create meaning in life, right? Yeah. Um, and it's nice to have all sorts of different perspectives. There's not that much opportunity in the near future for us to have these kind of conversations. So you being on here, and again, thank you so much. Like, it, it really it's such a allows pleasure. us to have these kind of conversations, yeah. I, I love having these discussions. Um, 
I'm really happy you guys are very open-minded to this, you know? And it's incredible that we can talk about this openly without any judgment or criticism. And I'm honestly just an open book. So the reason why I even brought up the whole webcamming world is because I actually started watching these girls and actually started getting really turned on. Nice. And like... I wouldn't necessarily ever put myself in this box of like sexuality, like I'm a lesbian or bisexual or straight. And in many ways, I don't feel like any of that and all of it at the same time. Um, so I got to be very curious. And then I... I started to explore my sexuality and I was just like, okay, how are these girls making their money on here? Is this a legitimate thing that they're doing to make like income? So I thought to myself, since, since I'm a professional model and actress and commercial model and actress in the real world. I guess we should have mentioned that at the beginning of the show. It's okay. It's okay. I, I do a lot of things and yeah, yeah. it'll I'll gradually expose myself uh-huh. um throughout this podcast. Um so since I was a professional like model and actress, like mainly commercial and music video, I was like, oh my god, if I do this, I might kill the game. I'm gonna kill it. Yeah, because there's people coming to it with no experience, um, <laughs> who don't, who have never tried to look good on camera before, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and they're doing well. So imagine what you can bring to it, right? So I, I, I honestly didn't know how this would unfold. Um, I, I just like, I just like really had to do a bunch of research. I started doing tons of research, months and months and months of research, just researching, okay, what are the best webcam sites, um, which is like the fairest, um, which one are non-nude, uh-huh. <laughs> you know? Um, so I started off like doing non-nude and then gradually day after day, I would take off more clothing until I was like probably nude by the third day (laughs) and just like okay fuck it I'm just (laughs) gonna like expose my entire self Mm -hmm. and it became like a fetish it became it really became like oh my god I and it made sense because I'm already like modeling and acting and like you know like I never realized I was really an exhibitionist until that moment, you know? Interesting. (laughs) And then something was so interesting that occurred to me. Um, I, I, I started off with like maybe like 27 viewers. It's like a small amount of viewers. And honestly, the hardest thing for me to do was actually just press the broadcast button Hmm. and it took me maybe an hour or two to build the confidence and the courage and the courage is yeah it was like nerve-wracking i'm just like oh my god how do these girls do this like whoa this is like not like being on set that for me is like or being on stage and just like performing it was like a whole different kind of like nervousness for me 
like broadcasting life and just like really being vulnerable and accepting the fact that okay I'm just gonna have to like accept whatever happens whatever comes with the territory I'm just gonna have to be shameless and fearless in whatever I do from this point on um and just own it and I didn't realize how deep I was gonna get into this world oh wow I didn't know this at all (laughs) not not a lot of people do um maybe my closest friends know about this um the closest my family might know about this is me doing playboy so it's interesting. My mom already thinks I've done porn because she, <laughs> she kind of views Playboy as porn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was very interesting. So I started off with 27 viewers. And um, I think I got like one negative con- comment that kind of like, like kind of like took a blow to my ego. And this person said like, like, Something about me looking like a Bruce Jenner look like. <laughs> what? I know. People um, are the worst. Sometimes. That's a very oh abstract insult. <laughs> and so, like, I, like, didn't know how to react because this is actually my first troll. And I was just like, whoa. Like, almost getting defensive. And then I realized, like, this is actually a really supportive community there's one person who decides to say a negative comment and then there's like 10 people there to protect you and like fend you off and like lend you support and love. And they're just like, don't listen to him. You are beautiful. And I start to realize like, Oh my God, this, there is a community behind this and it's actually so much more positive than most people would think yeah yeah you know and i wasn't expecting that and then right when all these random strangers came to the rescue people i've never met in my life around the world you know um don't know who they are just like you know being so sweet and kind and just like lending that kind of like support was just like such a breath of fresh air so then i i started to get more into my comfort zone and like really explore my sensuality even deeper and so there i am getting like frisky with myself (laughs) (laughs) found myself getting frisky and one of my viewers were just like okay you're holding back. It is time to like release. You need to like let go. And something about that was so spiritual yeah. to me, you know? A wise internet sage. <laughs> Did you find yourself when, when you got that comment that you felt yourself able to comfortable to give yourself permission to do that? Or what what you, what would you feel at that moment? Yes. Completely yes. For whatever reason there was this psychological block, you know, there's this mental block, um, of like, like, okay, I'm not able to like, just release like, or orgasm. So the moment that that was said, it was just like, Oh my God, I, I just squirted 
on cam for the first time. I, I should I I've never made myself squirt in my on my own at the very least yeah. in my life. And this is like something that was like new to me. This was like like mythical. Oh, you just <laughs> discovered that then on camera? Oh wow, that's amazing. I mean, first time ever. Oh. I mean like with myself. Yeah. You know, like like I I have definitely orgasmed and squirted with like sexual partners before in the past, but it was like a rare thing for me. It was like almost mythical. It's like something that <laughs> didn't happen every single time I had a sexual experience. And that's when I realized I was just like, oh, this is why my sex life is boring and there isn't substance in it. I don't know how to get over this mental block, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I realized like a lot of women don't know how to orgasm or they're not allowing themselves to. They're, it's it's really all mental. That's true. So. I've certainly encountered that. Do you, I guess that's a knock against me, sorry. <laughs> Not anymore. I don't encounter that anymore. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I do have some friends that, that actually, I, I used to say, and I still believe it, like, I'm very jealous of the female orgasm. I wish I could experience it because when I watch a woman orgasm, it's, it looks a thousand times better than mine. Like, um, <laughs> this uh, sort of long, enjoyable, profound experience, right? And I have some <laughs> friends who haven't experienced that. Do you believe that everybody can? I think the only way that you can really experience, like, an orgasm, like, some people could have full body orgasms, but the only way that you can experience that is if you allow yourself to. If you really, like, you almost have to kind of, like, give yourself permission to, like, you know, allow yourself to let go. But this is when tantric sex can come into play because this is when mindfulness is involved. It's about being present with your partner. Um, And there's so many different techniques you can get into tantric sex. Um, What my partner and I do is that we sometimes like meditate together we like literally sit on the floor together naked i'll kneel he has like his kneeling thing <laughs> his little kneeling stool, stool thing. <laughs> yep. yeah. Yeah. Um, you can buy it online it's called a kneel buddy <laughs> kneel buddy all right <laughs> i made that up please sponsor us yeah kneel buddy please yeah fine ed <laughs> Just get the liberator just to like meditate. Yeah, <laughs> the liberator. The liberator from Neil Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so like I'll literally just sit with him on the ground naked and we'll meditate together. Um, and there's different ways you can do this. Some people prefer to meditate separately without touching. It's really about preference, you know. I like to meditate with my partner just like, my legs just crossed over them or like open and their legs open and just like foreheads touching and like my hands on his heart. And we start to circulate our breath. So I'll breathe and he'll take in my breath. And as he breathes out, I'll breathe in his breath. So there is this sense of like connection, you know, and it's 
it's very intimate. It's very beautiful. You're breathing in the same air and like it's it's just like you're you're circulating this energy and you become this conduit of energy with your partner. It's really amazing. So you begin with the breath and I think it's important like we we use our breath to just be alive. It's the first thing that we do when we are born. We are in touch with our breath. Um, and breath is so important during sex. It's very important to like be aware of your breath during sex. And if you take deeper breaths with like deeper quality, you'll realize like like just just take a deep breath in. <laughs> Through your nose, of course. I mean, however you want to take it, you know? (sighs) Like, you notice, like, your quality of breath really, like, reflects your quality of life, you know? If you're going to take short breaths, you're just, I feel like you're missing out on the entire purpose of life. (laughs) Yeah, spiritually and physiologically. You do not want to take rather short breaths. Just in... I've not, I mean, just in picturing that, that, that sort of the pose and the foreheads touching with your hands on the heart, that's a really interesting pose that I wouldn't have come across naturally without <laughs> learning about Tantra. So what are like, how did, if, how did, if you were teaching somebody about Tantra, would you, are there any, are there any like places you refer them? Are there, I mean, I know there's tons of books, but, it, and then how do you find a partner? That's an interesting <laughs> one as well. I mean, you ask nicely. Um, it's, really hard because like I really to find somebody you're super compatible with right you have to find honestly it's really difficult to teach tantric sex because you have to find someone who really aligns with that you know um and my last partner I felt like he was just like like he thinks he's spiritual and but he ain't I was going to ask you about this because you said something really important because sex is in the name and I imagine it's in the name of the class like you're going to get some people in the class you don't want there Ooh, right sex. do you do you only teach couples or or do single people come and and so, do you pair them up with someone or like so how does that work so it, this is really interesting because the way that I was teaching tantric sex was actually webcamming Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, interesting. so that was like, that was, I don't know, it was kind of like my own like social experiment and it was kind of like my movement that I was experimenting uh-huh. with. It's more I'll join a, your cult, Jasmine. <laughs> Be a good cult leader. <laughs> it's not a cult. <laughs> it was more of like, I don't know, a movement for me, a social experiment. Um, so... I was lucky to find a partner who was just like, I don't know, just so selfless, like a really selfless person. It was just like, I love you no matter what. I wanted to have an open relationship in the beginning of us like dating. And he was just like, babe, like, I think like, you know, it's important that you do what you want and you should date whoever you want. I don't, want you to end up resenting me later on in yeah. the relationship and something about that openness and honesty I could see there's like a lot of sadness in his eyes like that's not what he wanted and I just like I don't know there's 
that that gesture alone just like made me feel like oh <laughs> just like fuck this is so selfless like i can't do this too yeah <laughs> like i i just i have to like <laughs> i was like i have to cut off like anyone else that i was seeing <laughs> yeah i was just like like i don't know i was just so warmed by that gesture like oh my god like that's beautiful like i want to love you so we began to explore tantric sex because I was webcamming and I somehow kind of pulled him into my webcam world. Oh, oh did he become a recurring character? <laughs> um, yeah, actually. Nice, nice. So I wanted to find purpose. Like, I didn't want this to be something, you know, just for the money, you know? I actually really wanted to find a purpose behind sexuality and tie it into like my spiritual beliefs. And tantric sex was a great modality <laughs> um, for deepening um, what I was doing and everything that I was just for in life. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I felt like I was really lucky to have someone to explore that with, even though I didn't really feel like he was aligned with the spiritual beliefs that I was aligned with. Um, not to say that he's not open-minded. I just feel like we were on different wavelengths spiritually. The previous or um, current? Not current. Not Cur- current. Oh, yeah. current. We're totally yeah. on, like... Oh he's legit spiritual. He's not... Uh, Speak the same language, he's, actually. He's, the other guy had a little dictionary. Um, he's, Ohm? He's, he's <laughs> not... He's not a spiritual... Look, Jasmine, I'm doing it. <laughs> he's not a spiritual... Yes. <laughs> hey, Vinyasana. Vinyasana. But, like, like, my... And this is someone who was going to be... We almost got married. This is oh um, wow! We almost got. <laughs> you married. love to drop these little. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> these I, big sentences out of nowhere. Oh yeah. god! I I have a crazy friggin' life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I almost got married to this guy I was camming with, and we were teaching tantric sex together online, broadcasting it. And we were just teaching. We wanted to show people real world sex. Mm-hmm. We didn't want it to just be a performance, even though I feel like. Looking back at it, it kind of does look like, oh my god, this outlandish, like passionate performance. Yeah. <laughs> but like we were very in love during that time. We were two individuals who were in love, and he just was, I don't know, giving into my fetish, I guess, into teaching the world about tantric sex. <laughs> but he was really passionate about it because I was and he did a lot of research about tantric sex for me and I thought that was just really beautiful because it really helps with like how we wanted to display our passion our sex to the world mm-hmm. you know we didn't want to just make it all about the sex either so we limited ourselves to probably broadcasting two to three times a week for maybe minimum of two hours, maximum of five at most. 
Um, and we got a lot of amazing results from our audience. And it's crazy because, like, we became really, really popular in the span of, like, half a year. And out of nowhere have been nominated for the AVN Award. Wow. Congrats. And, I mean, how'd like... You, the, how'd you find out about that? Uh, <laughs> um, we were broadcasting one day, and some of our regular audiences, um, our regular users, um, were just like, hey, congratulations for your nomination to AVN. And I was just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like what do you mean they were like well don't you know and then your mom was like i knew it (laughs) oh my god yeah let's not tell my mother this (laughs) yeah we won't send it a link don't worry (laughs) it it sounds like um you're describing kind of a bonnie and clyde dynamic like i i understand why this didn't end up in marriage because it feels like it like it's sort of like it's very easy to fall in love on vacation, right? Everything's yeah. nice and there's no problems, right? And you guys were tag teaming on this cool project that was a lot of fun and fulfilling and fulfilling your life's work and giving you meaning and you were having success with it, right? And it's hard to kind of separate those two things, the objective relationship and like the relationship within that context, uh, I guess. I mean, yeah, that is very true because like oh, it does complicate things. It complicates things when you know, you're, you're broadcasting and you're broadcasting your personal life. It's a very intimate and vulnerable aspect of your life. So then like, it's, it's so paradoxical. It's, it's like when we're broadcasting, that's like when we're giving our all our passion to show the world and then behind closed doors after we're broadcasting all we want to do is like <laughs> play video games yeah. and eat french fries <laughs> yeah um but ultimately like it's it's become like this really big deal to my ex-fiance where he's like okay this we're becoming too big this is something i don't want to intermingle with my professional life Okay, he didn't want it to be public, like his. Yeah. yeah. So he didn't. He didn't want to really do it anymore, and I had to respect it. And of course, like he would have been okay with you know me doing it on my own. He was really supportive of that. But I think, like, I don't know. Things were moving really quickly in our relationship. We were taking things really seriously and it kind of just I don't know our relationship just kind of like ended um after we stopped doing that together interesting so that was kind of the thing progressing in was there a long was there a long period of time between the last time you guys broadcast together and when you wrapped up the relationship I mean it's been about maybe three years now I mean we're still friends we still communicate but it's it's gotten it's taken a lot of time to get to that point where we're it's still awkward <laughs> it's mm-hmm. still very awkward but I do appreciate the experience because like we did have this intention or at least my intention was to 
to like liberate humanity from shame, fear, and guilt associated with sex. Um, it's a small goal. <laughs> I mean, like I, I never thought that was something that was my purpose. I could never imagine like, well, my purpose in life is to liberate humanity from fear and shame and guilt associated with sex or negative energy. <laughs> it's really nice though to have a clear purpose and a clear goal and, and really like I think the hardest thing to do probably in general is to create a real meaning in your life and it's it's nice that you have that especially you found it really young so you have a whole <laughs> lifetime of achieving that. Thank you. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> I remember re- I, I recall one of the tenets of, uh, of Tantra being that you sort of it's it's more it's a longer it's a it's a longer session. And I recall that one of the problems that we have sort of as a society is that we rush foreplay when it comes to physical intimacy. And I recall that Tantra really spends and sort of encourages people to invest the time into being really present, making sure, like you said earlier, that your breath is there. I'm curious sort of how the experience of having like what you would consider to be a good or proper tantric sex experience, how that mm. compares to what sort of the standard American sexual interaction, <laughs> standard American diet, standard yeah. <laughs> American diet of sex experience would be Is it is there? I mean, there's a lot more mindfulness that like the environment matters, the what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Can you walk me through some of the differences that you see there? Yeah, of course. Sorry, I'm going on a tangent, but I'm really glad no, you asked this question to get me back on track you guys you're good. You're good. <laughs> this is great this is great thank you um, yeah we want to liberate you from um shame or guilt from your tangent <laughs> <laughs> this is say what you want perfect to say. medicine yeah. um so environment is very important you just like drugs you know you want to make sure you're doing that with the right person you want to be in the right setting you want to definitely make sure your space is like sacred because you're practicing a sacred form of sex. It becomes like a sacred practice between two life forces, you know? Um, it's powerful. So you want to make sure that you're you're in you're in an environment where you can be vulnerable with your partner. You want to Maybe set the mood a little. You want to set candles. Um, and if you prefer, you can sage your space. What is that? It's like burn, burn sage? You could burn sage, burn sage, incense. Did I do it know? right? It's actually more of a counterclockwise twirl. Um. <laughs> My bad. I think there's no wrong or right way to um, do it. Um, some people would want to meditate with their partner. You know, you really want to put yourself in that, in the right, like, headspace. You want to put yourself in this headspace where you're not thinking about what am I doing? Am I doing this right? Or mm-hmm. what am I eating? Get um, out of your own head a little bit. Yeah, you want to You want to definitely just get out of your head and just be present with your partner. You don't want to just be in your head about just trivial things in life. So meditation helps. Now, how often do you recommend and how personally, how much do you use cannabis to do that? Um, is that sort of an every time or is that a special occasion? 
<laughs> this is really weird because mm-hmm. um like cannabis is something that doesn't work for me as a aphrodisiac interesting although I can it, relate. although it's a total aphrodisiac for my boyfriend mm-hmm. my my boyfriend loves weed it turns him on <laughs> and i'm just like baby this is like so the opposite for me <laughs> i tend to agree with you more cannabis is kind of a solitary thing for me it's like i a get very I, I, bed I, thing. yeah, yeah. I, I do a lot of <laughs> reflection when i use cannabis yeah i don't mm. know if i'd want to deal with another person like you know i think it also you know it depends on the strain it it really What's your favorite strain of cannabis <sighs> it's I like I like Jack Career, but that's not my aphrodisiac that a, at all. Really, that, is a sati- <laughs> that is a sativa for those of you listening. That is a fantastic strain. It's not, it's not an aphrodisiac for me. I'm I've still yet to find which one's an aphrodisiac. Maybe low potency versions of green crack. <laughs> uh-huh. I think it got, it got rebranded, didn't it? It is now green caffeine. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> green, names green, are amazing. green crack had a, yeah. Well, you have a problem with Alaskan Thunderfuck? Is I that, love is, Alaskan is, is, Thunderfuck. Is, 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 it's is one of my favorite strains, actually. Is that yeah. a strain that you're a... That's one of my A-T-F. white whale strains was... Uh, man, I, I had a batch of that. It was amazing. I can never <laughs> find it again. I went to, I went back to the store and I was like, hey, can I just have all of it? And they're yeah. like, yeah, that, that went really fast. That's gone. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. yeah, it's a really rare strain to find. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so the environment cool. is very important. The and, <laughs> and then it's And then I also recall... Uh, I, I recall there being one version of Tantra where you, you there's a certain longer period of, uh, period of time before you break the physical connection. So this might mean you've mm. got a, a bell or a chime that goes off at some point, but you're exploring space around the person without actually making physical contact. Is that a thing or am I making that up? No, um, that is a thing. Um, you can You can set a timer if you want. I feel like... For me, tantric sex is so freeform. You kind of have to like just go with the flow and trust your intuition. You know, you have to play with your emotional intelligence and know like what your partner is comfortable with. And a lot of it is really just foreplay, you know? A lot of it is really just like extending the experience, savoring the moment, you know? Like, instead of just gorging into your food and your meal, your plate, you want to just, like, savor every bite and every taste, you know? So you're going to do that with tantric sex. You want to savor the moment with your partner. You want to be present. You want to connect, you know? And it becomes a very spiritual experience when you're connecting... Okay, and we're back. We had a slight um, uh, malfunction there. Uh, the computer yelled at me, but uh, I gave it a lot of compliments. Jasmine taught it a little bit about tantric sex, and now <laughs> it's working with us again. So again, Jasmine, thank you for that. Um, I, I guess so. So we're, uh, we're we're getting close to our close here. I want to touch on something really quickly. So you had asked me about podcasting, and has it had a positive impact? Is it worth it? I would say absolutely yes. Um, and just to emphasize that point in a very meta way, I don't think we would have ever had this conversation without the podcast platform existing, right? Yeah. And there's all sorts of things you can do with a podcast, but in terms of like people in your life, like even I've had my my friend who I've known for 15 years submit the f- same form that you filled out, and I learned <laughs> things about him. 
that I didn't know, right, in 15 <laughs> years. So wow. um, it, it's, it's a really interesting format and a really interesting addition to a lifestyle, and um, especially with your goals of uh, connecting to people um, and positively impacting people. I, I, think, I think you should go ahead and launch yours now. Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, take me under your wing. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I just had a computer malfunction. <laughs> I probably don't look like the best podcaster right now. Uh. In your defense, Patrick, you were doing a fantastic job. You and know, this podcast would never have gotten launched in the first place if it wasn't for you. Uh, thank you. I didn't touch anything either. It just yelled at me randomly. You so know? it wasn't your fault. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Everything happens for a reason. And <laughs> that was so we could uh, get to this point and encourage you to start your own. No. This is my first podcast ever, ever, ever. Wow. Like as a guest. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're doing great. It seems like you, thank yeah, you. you're very, very comfortable. You're yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> thank you for opening up about so much. Oh, yeah. um, I know it's hard for people to talk about that, you know, a lot of these topics and it's, it's really nice I to mean, have somebody here that can do that. And I imagine just in, yeah, to second that there's a lot of people listening right now that are admiring you for sharing and the courage and confidence that it takes to share who you are and tell your point of view and you share your experiences so thank you so much for being here with us today you guys are so sweet thank you of course Aww. so so yeah one thing that i'm big on uh i like to ask uh, our guests is for a couple of actionable advice tips and so with mm -hmm. your experience and the things that you've learned along the way if you were to give a listener one or two things to say hey Go check out this resource or check out this check out this website or to learn more about this or if you're interested, find out about this. One or two things that they can take away that they that they, they that if you ever ran into them on the street, they could go, I took your piece of advice and it helped my life. I mean, like you could do tons of research on you could just Google Tantric sex, you know, but you really have to have a deep interest in the philosophy of spirituality and tantra. But I do want to go back to the topic of like, um, aside from just savoring the moment with your partner and just like accentuating the foreplay and just taking your time to get there, to get to the point of orgasm. Because edging is a huge part of tantric sex. Like it's not, it's not about the climax. And it Can was- Can you explain to people what edging is real quickly? Yeah, so- Edging is basically holding back. You, you are holding back. It's semen retention. And this is probably my boyfriend's favorite topic in the world is about semen retention. <laughs> we'll have him in here uh, so we can put that in the episode title. <laughs> He's very passionate about it. He'll have to help it. us book him. Yeah. He's very passionate about semen retention. <laughs> he wrote the book on SR. <laughs> 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 so <laughs> so it's really interesting um so your seed of life your your semen is your life force and this goes back through many cultures and history where that takes place as your core your your life force so essentially when you are allowing yourself to just like come every day masturbating. You are giving away your life force, you know? So that's when discipline does come into play in your sex life. Um, but also 
the more you're like holding back and you're edging, um, it kind of like, I don't know, it, it just like turns on the passion in your sex life too. You're just not there for the climax. And I didn't really realize this in tantric sex until I had a second partner who was way more mature and experienced in tantric sex. And he grew up in like the Eastern philosophy and was a Hare Krishna and, and like know about semen retention. <laughs> he was a Hare Krishna. Yeah. We got to have him on because I can sing <laughs> most of the chant, uh, one of them. I, I doubt this person would go on here. <laughs> But my, I'm pretty sure I could get my current boyfriend to talk about semen retention okay, passionately. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> but like my second partner, he was just this older, mature man who, who really believed in semen retention as well and just like deeply connecting in tantric sex. It wasn't about rushing into the sex. And it was the first time a man has told me um, that we are not in a rush. It's like, we're not in a rush. And he just kind of like gently held this like space in the back of my head. And he's like, it's like, babe, it's the climb. The climax isn't the objective. And I was just like, Oh my God. That was like the first time a man has told me that. So sexy. (laughs) All of our (laughs) listeners are stealing that move. Uh, (laughs) Call the Jasmine X. Yeah. <laughs> the, the objective is yeah. not the climax, and that's really the center and the theme of tantric sex. It's not about the climax. It's about the journey. It's not about the destination. It's really how passionately you get to that journey. So it sounds like my, it's, a, it's a big software download because a lot of it's the, mi- <laughs> the mindset that you approach the and that then dictates how you how the <laughs> how the entire experience goes yeah i mean like i can honestly say it's it's a rare experience to find like like someone to have tantric sex with um i can honestly say i've only had a handful of partners like maybe four in my life and i feel really like lucky to have these experiences and like delve deeply into such passion and connection and like actually have this spiritual bond yeah how did you find them i imagine it's easier for you because you kind of give off those vibes right and and i imagine in conversation what does that mean patrick well you give (laughs) off spiritual vibes i think you would kind of meet more spiritual people naturally i mean or has it been really difficult and i'm wrong I mean, like, uh, I feel like a lot of laws of attraction, laws of attraction yeah. have to come into play. Um, there are people who I've had sex with and honestly didn't get the idea of tantric sex and they think the entire idea of tantric sex is just, like, not coming, you know? <laughs> and then that's when, that's when it's like, okay, you're missing the point. You're fired. Well, <laughs> well, well, you don't want people thinking about what it's not. You want them enjoying what it is, right? 
Yeah. And it's not about just like, you know, it's not about like my last partner, for example, like he just thought the entire point of tantric sex was about, you know, just withholding semen retention and just not coming for like two hours. That's just his idea of tantric sex. When the connection, you know, trying to like, I guess like build up the passion and it was just too rushed, even though it took a longer time to get to the climax, you know? But he was missing the entire point. It's not about just like holding off your come for as long as you can. It's really about just savoring the moment and and just taking your time to get there. You don't want to rush it, you know? Mm-hmm. You want to be mindful about like your partner and a part of the thrill really comes from like just the anticipation alone. Yeah. You know? Just letting that build. Yeah. The anticipation is really that it's that key to like feeling fulfilled in tantric sex. But there are moments like where I've experienced like where I've held off and like there's all this foreplay and then suddenly we get to this passionate moment of like anticipating the sex and it's just like just beautiful and amazing Mm -hmm. you feel like you are two galaxies that have collided into one (laughs) have you ever experienced that Hayden? Uh, the (laughs) The two galaxy feeling (laughs) still looking for that galaxy part (laughs) life's a journey (laughs) yeah i'll get there someday well jasmine this this has been amazing great great one to go Um, out on i'm going to take a lot of this uh uh, practically and i want to achieve the two galaxy colliding uh moment which I, i think is still in the distance but We'll get there. Uh, <laughs> now is what I think the most uh, important time. You, you want to do some ASMR with the nut? Yeah, I was going <laughs> to. Go ahead. Go ahead. Mm. That was great. Okay. That so, great. yeah, we will be d- <laughs> explaining what ASMR is on the future episode. <laughs> that was perfect. That, that was wonderful. I think uh, open up another line of revenue here with the ASMR videos. We'll, we'll have a separate um, podcast. We will have you back for the ASMR <laughs> episode. It's, I actually really enjoy it. Um, real, we'll, real quickly, just so we can keep the explanation inside of this episode, what is ASMR? Do I know? Audio stimulatory something response. Sensory? Audio no. sensory something response. Yeah. Magic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Mystic. It is autonomous sensory meridian response. Meridian. We would you not have what? gotten meridian. That was my for second sure. guess. That was my second we guess. We would not have gotten that one. It is a calming, pleasurable feeling, often accompanied by a tingling sensation of a person's head. And dun, dun, dun. I forgot we have Hayden here to look stuff up. Is <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. Uh, Jasmine, uh, while he's looking that up, please plug anything you want to. I'll include all of it in the episode notes, but uh, tell the people um, where you want them to go, what you want them to do. Um, I want people to free their minds. What a plug. <laughs> what a Can plug. do. I like it. Hell yeah. All so right. where, where can we, where can they find more about you? Are you on Instagram, um, social media? Yeah. So I do have an Instagram. Um, my in- Instagram handle is at Jasmine X. 
dot m um and if you're looking for my music i do have one release single nice um it's called so level it's a little it's a little dubstep-ish, I want to say, but for whatever reason, Apple categorized it as pop. Nice. So whatever. We were rocking out to it before you <laughs> yeah. came. Yeah, we really? both like it. Yeah. We will put the we will put the link we will put the link to that in the show notes for this episode, awesome. so people thank so people you. can find it as well. We'll put yeah. that there. Jasmine, thank you so much. This has been Deus Life, an aspirational podcast, and we'll see y'all next time. Peace. Thank you. <laughs>